is in the know for Wednesday, November 17, the 321st day of 2021. There are 44 days left in the year. Good morning. MB guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast. You'll find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Pfizer, Pfizer is asking for permission to utilize their COVID-19 pill, their therapeutic treatment. We'll tell you about that. Also, a drug bust and an arrest here locally. A food pantry fire earlier this week is uh, deemed to be arson. And we'll also get you um, ready, or at least more ready, for Thanksgiving, which is now a week from tomorrow. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on The End. The No Settling Into My Left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's me. Morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. I've had to reboot my devices, but yeah, I'm back on par. Are you rebooted? Your devices are rebooted. You're rebooted. You're ready to go. Uh, You've heard the phrase before. I I hope no one's ever told you this, but perhaps they have. Has anyone ever told you to put a sock in it? Um. I've heard the phrase. Okay, you know the phrase. But no one has ever directly told me that. Okay, lucky for you. But you've heard people being told, put a sock in it, which means shush. Mm -hmm. Shush yourself. The reason that that's an expression is because back in the olden times, when gramophones were first in people's homes, the gramophones did not have volume controls on them. So to try and dampen the sound so they could be used while other people maybe were trying to rest, they literally put socks in the bells of the gramophones to try and minimize the amount of sound they produced. So I love it. That's where we get put a sock in it. So it makes I love know, it. perfect sense. We need to put a sock in our subwoofer in our home. Amen. Over there in chair number two, we say good morning and welcome back to Grayson County Ag Agent. Whitney Carmen. Good morning, young lady. Good morning. Welcome back. Glad to be here. Good to see you. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a, a question. I'm going to ask you a direct question. Okay. Everybody wants to know the answer to it. It's very divisive as you head into the Thanksgiving season. Okay. I know you think I'm about to ask you about vaccine, but I'm actually about to ask you about canned cranberry sauce. Where are you on it? Yes oh, or no? Yes. You are. Mm-hmm. Can You like the ridges in the can. You like the mm-hmm. the glop. That comes yes, out of the can. I, I like, but I, I do like both. And and there is, and I think we've talked about this before. There is a recipe that my grandmother makes that's real cranberries, and we call it Christmas because it mm-hmm. it reminds us of Christmas. Yes, but we also have the canned cranberry as well. The reason I ask is because I knew that you had a specialty cranberry dish mm-hmm. that you like that is near and dear to you. Mm-hmm. So as a result, you may have a tendency to sort of look down your nose at the traditional cranberry mm-hmm. glump. Yeah, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, it's. it's it, what geodesic shape? What, what shape cranberry is that? Jello is that what it's a hand? A cylinder? Cranberry. I yeah. guess it's a cylinder. It's really good shape. in meatballs, by the way. Just so, so you know. Do you know when cranberry, the canned cranberry sauce, came to our tables? Mm, I would imagine in like the seventies, whenever canned goods were becoming more popular. You're only off by thirty years. Oh, okay. nineteen forty-one. It was oh, around oh, this wow. time of year in nineteen forty-one when the jellied cranberry sauce log. Okay. I don't know. Um, first made it uh, first made available in the United States. So, cool. There you go. Nineteen forty-one. I've told you. My dad insists on it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I like it too. It I seems actually to use me, it in a lot of other things too. But. It seems to me to be too easy. Do Do you know? Like, I would try. I wanted to try harder to make a cranberry dish. It seemed like taking it, like cutting open a can and putting it on a plate, just seemed like. You weren't putting forth the necessary effort. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that, but I also the easier the better. Well, <laughs> if it works, don't. Or if it doesn't, so broke, don't he fix makes it. a really good cranberry chutney. Mm-hmm. It, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> if the canned mm-hmm. that has been sliced by the ridges uh-huh. is on the table, oh, it needs to be sliced in the ridges. Even that, well, that's how that works. Mm, okay. 
It's yeah, Just free guidelines, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. I've seen people who will maybe cut it diagonally, or they'll take a they'll take a spoon and just go through the side. It needs to be sliced on the on the can perforations. Okay, Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. I mean, we slice ours, but okay. All right. Okay. Good. So you like the chutney, but you'll settle for the can. Yeah. All right, I'll keep that in mind. Another day of strong wind gusts in store for us today. We'll see uh, 35 to 40 mile per hour winds. Uh, rain-wise, showers are going to arrive late evening and widespread overnight. Be prepared for next week, by the way. Mm. Um, yeah, can you say um, for as warm as it's been and as pleasant as it's been to say the temperatures that we might experience next week are, well... They could be troublesome. So anyway, that's uh, that's about on the that's about a week and a half out. But it it could set up to give us some shocking cold in the coming days. Um, the coldest of yeah, the that, season so far. I was far. gonna say that's warm compared to what I yeah, think is this coming. This is this is not too bad. <laughs> this is uh, this is a little bit beyond that uh, is where we're looking. Mostly cloudy, windy today. A high of seventy two. Windy with rain likely, and ninety percent chance of rain. A low of forty four tonight. So cooler tonight than. Uh, overnight last night at a high of only 50 tomorrow into the 40s on Friday, but we'll rebound. It'll be a little bit rainy for the weekend, but back into the 50s for our high. Pfizer has asked U.S. regulators to authorize its experimental pill for COVID-19, setting the stage for a likely launch this winter of a promising treatment that can be taken at home. The company's filing comes as new infections are rising once again in portions of the United States, driven mainly by hot spots in states where colder weather is driving more Americans indoors. Pfizer's pill has been shown to significantly cut the rate of hospitalizations and deaths among people with coronavirus infections. The FDA is already reviewing a competing pill from Merck, and several smaller drug makers are also expected to seek authorization for their own antiviral pills in the coming months. So this is the Tamiflu mm-hmm. of COVID. Of COVID, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, t- Tamiflu is really, in the grand scheme of, scheme of things, is a relative new invention to our battle against the flu. So it's Tamiflu. The role of Tamiflu is if you didn't get a flu shot and you get influenza, then they can treat you and your family with it. Mm-hmm. But there's, but it's important, the timing. Right. You can't wait too long on the Tamiflu, but it's almost like a last-ditched effort mm-hmm. to, uh, to kind of save you from uh, a bad bout of the flu. And so this would be similar to that to prevent hospitalizations. It can be given to you by prescription and say, take this at home rather than have to come to a um, healthcare facility and be treated for... Um, well, well, really, the the lack of this therapeutic. So it will be a game changer. But I I guess I'm curious to know is 24 months from now, and let's let's hope COVID 19 is certainly gone from our consideration. Then I mean, we'll be forever changed in ways, obviously. Mm-hmm. But will we treat COVID 19 or other SARS related? Uh, illnesses just like we approach the flu now. So you got a lot of people, oh, well, maybe you've got, you got a number of people who get the vaccine and say, I don't, uh, I want my annual flu shot. I want my annual COVID shot. And for those that don't, then the backstop is something like this pill, this therapeutic, the equivalent of Tamiflu. Will we reduce it down to that level? It's hard for me to imagine it getting to that level considering the death and 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 loss that we've suffered over the last but I guess in 1920 mm-hmm. right they, they probably didn't in see an 1921 end after the you know after the flu pandemic of 1918 they probably looked at it a lot differently than they looked at it while they were in the throes of it so mm-hmm. I don't know I, I it it certainly is a important tool in the fight against it the Rate of Grayson County's occurrence has remained under that important 25 per capita threshold uh, for two days in a row. Uh, we, we mentioned last week that the important part is to get under it. Even if you're near it, get under it and stay under it. And then every day you get a little further from that line because just a few positive tests can swing you the other direction. But we're down to 21.6 after being at one point, we were at 180 Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something super high at one point. But 
our vaccination rate in Grayson County has stalled at 51%. And so, you know, that's pretty simple math. Uh, One out of every two people have opted not to. And I don't know what that means. Um, I don't see the number changing now. I think there was a, I think through the Delta variant, that served as motivation to drive some people to do it. But if you made it through the fear of the Delta variant, I don't know what, I don't know what you're going to have to see for you to change your mind at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there were those that we've we've gone through phases of this where you you know you say okay this is this is bad and there's no vaccine and then we said this is bad and there's a vaccine but it's for older people first or the most vulnerable and then we stepped it down and then it became okay everybody's ready and now even kids but we're at fifty one percent and I guess that factors in five to eleven year olds. I was going to say I don't know what the so maybe the children, maybe the 5 to 11-year-old demographic will bring that percentage back up. But 51 is, I guess I'm surprised at 51 considering how much loss, just here in our community, how much loss we've experienced, the loss of life in the last three months mm-hmm. of people that were young and and seemingly healthy, and now one out of every two people have opted not to become vaccinated. That that math just surprises me when there's been when there's been evidence that says this this can get you even if you're seemingly young and healthy. And so that that's why I'm a little bit scratching my head at fifty one percent. So we'll find out. A Litchfield man and Cub Run woman have been jailed on drug trafficking charges after Litchfield police seized nearly nine grams of methamphetamine and cash during an early morning traffic stop. Tuesday morning about uh, 1.30, that's uh, early yesterday morning, LPD uh, Sergeant Keith Harrell was on patrol and spotted a Hyundai passenger car without taillights turning from Mill Street onto Salt River Road, executed a traffic stop, and it was being driven by 38-year-old Tiffany Mercer. Harrell detected the odor of marijuana coming from inside the vehicle. After a search of the car, they located a bag of methamphetamine and other uh, drug-related items. During the search of a passenger, 45-year-old Kenny Heflin, they located $900 in cash. Both were uh, subjects were charged and lodged and charged, arrested, charged, lodged, mm-hmm. probably released. <laughs> a central Kentucky food pantry that helps feed hundreds of people each month has been destroyed by an arson fire less than two weeks before Thanksgiving. So we heard about this over the weekend that the Garrett County Food Pantry was deemed a total loss after Sunday's blaze, destroyed a lot of Thanksgiving meals that they were using to feed about 400 seniors and 800 families a month. It was a total loss. Hours after the blaze, police arrested 60-year-old Deborah Smalling of Lancaster, who was seen on surveillance tape at the scene. She was charged with second-degree arson and first-degree criminal mischief. Wow. I don't... It's weird. What possesses you... To do that, I, especially, I mean, it's terrible any time of the year, but especially now, knowing that that warehouse was full. Sure, but an additional question that I have, and again, uh, you know, I guess I'm naive about certain things, but I look at this person, and nothing about this person, to me, says arsonist. Now, I don't know what an arsonist looks like, right. but you see, like this person from their arrest photo, it just doesn't stand out to me and go, that's somebody who would start a fire. Yeah. So that's an additional layer of puzzling for me on one, why you would do it. Yeah. But then, (laughs) is that right? Am I I off base on that? She just doesn't. She doesn't seem that way, but she must, they must not have, I don't know, there's got to be a reason. Maybe. Uh, Attorney generals want reduction of access for illegal robocallers. Uh, Attorney General Daniel Cameron has joined a coalition of 51 attorneys general in sending a letter to the FCC supporting the agency's efforts to reduce the access illegal robocallers have to legitimate phone numbers. In June, phone companies were required to implement Stir Shaken, must be a James Bond thing, caller ID authentication technology to combat spoofing by ensuring that telephone calls originate from verified numbers. Because the technology prevents robocallers from spoofing phone numbers, scam robocalls have dropped by 29% since the policy took effect. However, 
Robocallers are now successfully evading caller ID authentication by purchasing access to legitimate phone numbers to conceal their identities. They typically do this by providing false information or shielding their identities from the companies that have access to legitimate numbers. I've had three in the last day. You have? Mm Mm-hmm. I've been getting one from... Uh, somewhere over in central Kentucky the last few days that struck me as odd. Mm-hmm. Um, Might have been local numbers. Have they? Mm-hmm. It's gotten better. Yeah. It it, it 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 definitely has gotten better, but it's almost, and a lot of times legislative, our, our government is too slow to react. Like they put the fire out after it's already burned, you know, the building's right. already burned down in this sense. They, uh, robocallers and uh, robocallers, Politicians and uh, fundraisers trying to sell light bulbs ruined landlines. Mm-hmm. If you still have one, you're not answering it anyway. Mm-hmm. And we had one until recently, and we weren't answering it. We spent more time deleting all the messages off the answering machine than <laughs> yeah. we did actually using the phone. So they've ruined that. But now I've seen an uptick. Like I got today, so my Apple Watch functions without being next to a phone yes okay my original one didn't it had to be near a phone but it's like its own thing Mm -hmm. so it has its own number but today i had a text message on my watch that i didn't have anywhere else and like that this number doesn't exist anywhere except for in at&t's database like i've never used it to sign up for a service or a sweepstakes or anything like that it's just another line on your on your account it's just another line but it's not used for anything and but yet i got a message you know one of those Mm -hmm. you know gift card deals that you get the other day i was standing next to my dad and we both looked at our phone at the same time and i said did you just get a weird gift card message about at&t and he said yes at&t well sorry they're the ones that have they. Somebody has their information too, and they're calling and saying, "Hey, we need to, you know, talk to you about this, this, and this." And I'm like, "Listen, I've got everything I need online. You don't have to worry about it." Was his name by any chance Alex Bell? I don't know. Alex G Bell. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, it's you're been too, interesting. You, you may be too young to get that. I got job. you. Okay. I got you. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Governor Andy Bashir announced yesterday that his upcoming budget proposal to state lawmakers will include $600,000 over the next two years to support the University of Louisville's proposed Center for Military Connected Students. L requested the funds to create a space to support the unique social and cultural perspective military connected students offer the university. The center would be part of an existing campus property and would provide an open common area as well as quiet rooms for study, a well-equipped kitchen space, and secure storage lockers for more than 1,700 military connected students enrolled on campus. Hmm. Uh, that seems like a large number, but, you know, the percentage, I, I think uh, UK has... Right now, twenty-two to 23,000 students. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're all on campus in Lexington. No. So I would think that L has a number closing in on that. So then you factor in 1,700 is still a large percentage. I wondered how much of it was because of proximity to Fort well, Knox. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with that. Which, if you're near Fort Knox and you don't have one, then I think you need one. But I also found out that UK and EKU already have a facility that yeah. this one is kind of being... The purpose of the U of L's is to say UK and EKU have a facility like this. U of L doesn't, so mm-hmm. we're going to add one. So. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, they've got an ROTC program at UK that's really, yep. really good too. So I mm-hmm. think that was you know part of what they did. Kentucky Ag Commissioner Ryan Quarles, who uh, Whitney, you may know yes, of him, know very well, uh, who offers Ed, uh, who he administers the state's hemp licensing program. Announced yesterday, the hemp application window is now open for 2022. Did you just sigh? She Maybe. Did. <laughs> well, the reason I wondered is because you may have just asked the question I was about to ask. <laughs> so three years ago, hemp, 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 hemp. Mm-hmm. So I will ask you, do we have any current Grayson County producers of hemp? We do. Do we have any successful Grayson County producers of hemp. A couple, but I will tell you that, you know, when you have hemp, hemp, hemp all over the place, it floods the market. So there's actually some in Grayson County that is two to three years old that are, you know, that's, but they have to, if it's on their property, since it's still uh, run by the, the office of 
uh, or the agriculture office and KSP is involved in it, they still have to sign up for the license, even if they're not growing it. But if they are housing it, they still have to have that license. I see. Did it make it harder or less of an incentive for people to get into it when one of the when the processing facility didn't take off like they were hoping to? Like, is it mm-hmm. are there obstacles to doing? Are there yeah. barriers in the hemp game that were unforeseen at the time that we launched this product? Yeah, and I think there was a lot of companies that were not familiar with agriculture that did not understand how it worked and so they were using a model that was not lucrative or was Mm. not profitable and so therefore it now there are some producers that have done a great job with it and they've gotten in and they got with the right people and it worked out okay but there was a lot that didn't and you know it just leaves a bad taste i think a lot of people thought miracle crop Yes. You know, because yes. we were kind of sold, well, and it was, this uh, is the future, right. and we thought, well, hey, you know, happy days are here again, and then it's kind of like, wait, this is harder. Well, and it also, it was, there was, there's different ways you can raise hemp for different types of products, and so I was really trying to t- tell people everybody wanted to grow it for the oil, which was the most profitable, but that was the market that was flooded the quickest, and right. so, you know, because it was easily grown like tobacco and, you know, other products, or other hemp, the way you do it. Otherwise, is a little more like grain. So are these, let me ask in your professional opinion, are these growing pains? Like, is it is is it viable if you do it correctly and it once is. the market smooths out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and I think, well, and here's the other obstacle is, is marijuana going to be legal in a few years? I think that's going to determine one, or, one way or the other whether hemp is profitable long term or not. Yeah. You know, I do think that there, hemp has got a lot of great qualities and a lot of great properties and a lot of great uses. Um, but, you know, one of those uses is that oil. And if hemp is or if THC and marijuana is legalized eventually, what is that going to do to that market? That's yeah, the only it, question it, I have. It, about people it. will skip over it to get yeah. to something else, I yeah. presume. Hey, uh, Oscar Schwebe can also score. We knew it could rebound. And he also Man. rebounded again last night, but also scored 24 points in leading uh, Kentucky over Mount St. Mary's, and the Cats will now host Ohio on Friday night. Did you watch any of the game last night? I did. I actually I, <laughs> I missed my son's tournament game, so I thought, well, what's the next best thing? I'll go <laughs> home and watch that because I had a meeting, but it was great. It was a good It was a good game. Uh, also, if you've ever been, we spend a lot of time on aircraft that are bound for Orlando, Florida, yeah. and so we run across our fair share of children on flights. Mm-hmm. Um, but that lady over there also does a very good job of making sure that our children aren't the ones who are causing disruption when possible. So, um, but if you've ever been on a flight next to miserable kids or kids mm-hmm. who aren't behaving, it can be a truly tough experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I found a story about an aunt who was traveling with her sister and her, what we'll call hellions for back <laughs> lack of a better <laughs> term. Um, I have one of those. <laughs> on the return flight, the aunt upgraded. She paid thousands of dollars yep. to upgrade her her seat on her on her flight home to get away from her sister and her nieces and nephews who yeah. were running the aisles, screaming and demanding things. Oh, so. some family that would do that. Oh. Well, I mean, if I had the coin, no, I, I would, would upgrade. I would certainly, I would certainly do it. You know, be like upgrading, but. You know, if you've got kids, you go, okay, there are kids on the flight. But if you don't have kids, it's like, shut those kids up. Uh-huh. You know, just the yeah. way it goes. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Been a night in L.A. Just another chance to see Just you and I Today is... Homemade bread day. Homemade bread. It's good. I can't do. I can't make it. Baklava day. Like that too. The Greek Turkish dessert treat. Kind of a pastry, honey, nuts, other yummy ingredients. It is unfriend day today. Like that too. (laughs) <laughs> so, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel sort of uh, created this as a day that uh, back in 2010, he said, because you don't really need to be Facebook friends with people you went to camp with in middle school or your fo- former coworkers or whatever. Um, we didn't used to have the tool. Like, unfriend used to be your only option. 
Right. Now you have other options mm-hmm. without maybe taking it that drastic. Mm-hmm. Right. You can still get your you ser- can snooze them. You can get your serenity now that mm-hmm. you're needing yeah. from <laughs> uh, from them. So that'd be you know that'd be okay. And although you know it's so like uh, you know how the president next week will pardon a turkey mm-hmm. and an alternate apparently. Yeah, and an alternate. So when you go in on an unfriend day, there might be like that. Of all the people you'd like to unfriend, you set one of them aside and say, I'm going to spare you. We're going to remain friends. <laughs> I want to just see pardon. what you are doing. <laughs> yes. So you are you are interesting to watch on Facebook. So I'm going to leave you there. Oh, yeah. You've got to yeah, you've got to so, entertain yeah. your crazy. Mm-hmm. You've got to be more entertaining than mm-hmm. you are crazy. Yes. To, uh, you know. It's kind of like the crazy hot axis That's, yeah. uh, that we know. It, it's also farm joke day today, and if anyone surely knows a good farm oh, joke, I would have known that. it would had to be it would be our uh, our our ag agent. Um, <laughs> You're gonna put me on the spot, aren't you? You know the old "Why did the scarecrow win the Nobel Prize"? Uh, no, I don't know that. He one. was outstanding in his field. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got that you know, one. That's a, that's a farm joke. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What about if you cross a robot and a tractor? You get a transformer. Uh-huh. Transformer. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I'm not very good with jokes. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the the one I always like is, I say, she was a farmer's dream. Why is that? She had fat calves. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I mean, isn't that what farmers are looking for? Mm-hmm. Fat, fat calves? Mm-hmm. You know, make them bigger and take them to market? Why do cows have hooves instead of feet? Hmm. That's a good question. Because they like toes. Ah, uh, they like toes. <laughs> I got it. Uh, by the way, are you all a Yellowstone family? Yes. Yeah. So what about what about the guy? Uh, sorry for the spoiler. It's not spoiling it. No. But how it's about not. the guy getting Casey throwing the guy in the cattle gate? <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna teach you how to be a good neighbor." <laughs> like, have you ever seen anybody do that on the farm? No, but I, I know we have people that have cattle guards, but I've never seen that before. But hey, that's one way to one way to fix the problem. Yeah, I was just when he got the chain out of the. What's he doing? And they raised that gate up and threw him in there. The like, memes yeah. now are: um, if you see me walking around with an igloo cooler, mind your business. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> That one too. Yeah. Love it. Ooh, goodness gracious. Uh, the thirty-two percent of Americans plan to drive for Thanksgiving travel, and that number is uh, significantly lower than it was in twenty nineteen. In twenty nineteen, when the Trump administration was really just kind of hitting their stride, and the gas prices were mm-hmm. at a low, we were, you know, we were we were drilling, we were uh, we were getting our own oil, and gas prices were really low. And then they went even lower for mm-hmm. a while of twenty twenty. But now they're the opposite of that. But we do expect gas prices to go down a few cents in the next couple of days. So if you're not on empty, maybe wait until later this week. But then there'll be a spike early next week. Because people will be planning to hit the roads, but some of the gasoline prices are just deterring people from traveling mm-hmm. by car. But I would also offer, if that just says, well, I'm not going to travel cross-country by car, I'm going to fly, uh, those fuel costs go up as well, which means if you are not already, if you don't already have an airline ticket locked in, you're going to be paying a premium mm-hmm. to get on a flight because you're saying, oh, I can't drive, the gasoline's too expensive. They're going to get you anyway, any way you go. Yep. Uh, it's just a fact of the matter at this point. If you are dra- traveling, you may be using one of the fancy map apps, and Google Maps is making some new uh, tools available to you to help navigate inside the most confusing buildings of all. The directory tab in Google Maps is being expanded for things like airports, train stations, and shopping malls. Google Maps has been very good. You know, they've evolved into whether you're a pedestrian, whether you're riding mm-hmm. a bike, whether you're an updating your routes, but vertically. It, you know, it's been very one-dimensional, and now they're kind of kind of go vertical for those buildings where you need a directory or you need more inside knowledge, which I think will That's be helpful. That's interesting, yeah. The next tool, uh, Kroger's already using this. It's, pro, uh, it's uh, called Pick Up with Google Maps. You can make an order from a retail store, track your order status, share your estimated time of arrival, and let the store know when you've arrived, all from within the Google Maps app. Hmm. When you got a lot of curbside stuff going on, that makes it much more efficient to be able to anticipate your arrival. They have um, Google Maps has also published some holiday trends based upon what they're observing. So even if you're not using their their app, if you're on if they're on your phone, where you go is they telling know. them. Mm-hmm. So they're able to 
suggest when the busiest and least busy times are for shopping malls, post offices, salons, airports. So for gift shopping, they say around 1 p.m. on Saturday is the worst. 8 p.m. on Tuesday is the best. Yeah. If you're looking to go to the mall, 1 p.m. Saturday. And so that makes sense. But what it does, it gives you the ability to see where the middle ground is. So if, if 1 p.m. Saturday is the worst, what's the best time on Saturday? Or what we, I need to go on a Friday. What's the best hour to go? And then not surprisingly, Americans order more Chinese food than any other cuisine during the holiday season. I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a tradition for us. Yeah, at is. least we do it at least once. Thanks to a Christmas story, mm-hmm. Chinese turkey. Uh, <laughs> if you've got kids in school, you know over the last few weeks, you've seen by what's coming home, you've seen where our educators are making that turn toward Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Their projects start, you know, like uh, they involve feathers and turkeys and and so we used to have a Thanksgiving feast. Our my the first grade didn't. Caroline didn't get to do it because it was COVID. But my son, they actually had a feast, and we they had Indians and pilgrims, and you had to do the costume and all of it. Uh-huh. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And you had to put your hand on a paper plate and draw the stencil, and then color the. Yeah, but we had to bring food back like, in the from old school. Time. That's yeah. when, back yeah. in the olden days. When, when I went well, to the, the one room schoolhouse that yeah. I went to, like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> That's how we did it. They had just invented the Dixie plate, like right before I started school. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they can't even call it Dixie plate. I know. See, it shows you how long I've lived. Dixie has come and gone <laughs> just during that time. But you'll notice that our kids are coming home with their understanding of the th- traditions of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so they get some type of version it needs to be an age-appropriate version of what Thanksgiving actually is and why it is and when it is and who it involved. But you also don't want to give them a – you don't want to paint their thinking so clearly that they're not open to the way that it might have actually transpired. So, for instance, fiction. European pilgrims brought civility and the concept of giving thanks to Native Americans. Well – those of us who are Anglo in heritage would be more likely to say, see what our ancestors did? We came in, showed those savages how to act, and that's not how it went at all. Long before the pilgrims came over, Native Americans already had large and complex societies. They had harvest celebrations. They had feast traditions. So what really happened was is that the first Thanksgiving was a melding of those two cultures in trying to understand the perspective of the other. It's not like one invented it and shared it with the other. Mm -hmm. A bit of fiction is that the first Thanksgiving was the beginning of the official holiday. There was a harvest celebration in 1621 between the Plymouth settlers and the uh, Wampanoags, but it actually wasn't called Thanksgiving. It also didn't happen every year. The next official Thanksgiving was in 1637 after a war between the Pilgrims and the Pequots. So they were oftentimes peace celebrations. Like when the war had ended, they would get together and they would lay down their arms and they would you know, break bread together. So my point is it's more complicated than the Pilgrims and the Mayflower and the but you've got to give an age-appropriate accounting for that happening. Mm-hmm. You have to spoon-feed this before you can give them the full entree. So depending upon the age of your kids, it's an opportunity to have a real conversation for the way that it really went rather than the way it was written in our textbooks mm-hmm. in my one-room schoolhouse days. Make sense? Yep. Also, if you're looking for if you've got older kids, one opportunity – for uh, the early Thanksgiving celebrations and the way that it might appeal to present day is don't forget the Europeans, the pilgrims, were Europeans who fled their continent looking for freedom, which was what brought them to North America. You've got a lot of people around the globe who are fleeing oppression and dire circumstances who are looking for freedom. So there are some similarities at Thanksgiving when you can talk about the origins of our nation 
and then the plight of some people around the globe. Mm-hmm. Again, you've got to take kind of an age-appropriate thing to that. <laughs> this warmed my heart. They're on year six now. It's um, Jamal Hinton and Wanda Dench. About six years ago, Wanda Dench sent a text to her grandson inviting him to Thanksgiving dinner. Grandson hadn't told grandmother that he had changed numbers. Mm. And someone new had grandson's number. His name was Jamal. And so he responded. And he said, I, you know, I don't think I know you, but, and she said, well, you're invited anyway. Yeah. And so for this Mm. will be their sixth year in a row. And Mama Wanda Dench's uh, husband passed in April of 20 due to COVID-19. So even more important, they had the uh, the Thanksgiving uh, dinner with the two of them. So it's a tradition that they're going to keep doing going forward. And I think that's kind of like, that's the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're. Absolutely. We need more of this, don't we? Yes, kind of I agree. What we need I to be agree. focused on, but I think it's a it's a really neat story, and it's uh, one to be told and and passed along. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. This one's for you, Miss Buckles. Did you know giraffes sleep using their own butts as pillows? I mean, that makes sense. I did not know that. You think about that, you (laughs) know, when they they go around and they lay and (laughs) they they use their their neck around. So, I mean, deer and other animals would do it, too, if they could. Mm -hmm. It's just the giraffe is blessed with the ability to crane. I did not know that, but I like it. And it makes sense. When I read it, I was like, I know (laughs) who would like to know this piece of information. Good news, if you are a fan, if you are probably a New Yorker or a fan of the um, New Year's Rockin' Eve, New Year's Eve in New York City is back after they did it on a very, I think they did it for first responders and uh, maybe frontline people last year. But now, if you're vaccinated, you are welcome to visit Times Square on New Year's Eve for who knows what craziness may happen. I used to think that I wanted to do this. I did too. (laughs) And now I can assure you I do not Uh want to do it. Um, I guess there are certain, if you could get, you'd probably never get one. It would cost, it would just be astronomical. If you could have a hotel like at the Marriott Marquis right at Times Square where it's got this really nice vista where you could look out and do that and know you were indoors and that, that would be fine. But that's an expensive proposition. Like everybody yes. has that idea. Like I could spend, I could spend that much money on doing something. I think I'd like to do better than that's, that. That's right. Yeah. It's it's a it's been a big deal in my life because it's really become so over over fifty years. It's really become a thing that kind of Dick Clark created and Ryan Seacrest. And I mean, it's not just those two. It's a big team that does it. But it's like. It's the thing on New Year's Eve. So it would be easy for me to say that's on my bucket list of things to do. But it's not anymore. It's kind of like, no, nah, it's great. Mm. Well, that's probably good to know. Not, probably not on the bucket list would be my guess. Yeah, I may eventually get to that point on the list, but there's way more stuff to do in front of that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to be the next James Bond. Well. He is the latest celebrity to put his name in the ring to play the next 007. I like The Rock, but I don't know that I would like him in that position. I don't like him in this role. Well, he I, has a good he where he is at now doing what he's doing. I think is suits him well, but he would not be a good James Bond. I mean, I love The Rock. Oh, I mean, I do too. He's attractive, but he's almost too big. Yeah, to I be a James Bond. He's too intimidating. Enough. Yeah, and nobody nobody would buy that he's a spy. Now yeah. I don't know why they didn't go with Idris Elba the, when he wanted to do it. I thought he'd have been a good you one. Took the right out of my like that's like. Idris Elba is a James Bond type. Yes. If you want to, certainly you want to go with a non-Caucasian. Like if you want to go, if you want, if you want some diversity in who's mm-hmm. playing that character, completely on board with that. Idris Elba seems to have a 
class and a dignity about himself in general mm-hmm. that matches the character James Bond. Right. Like, it's weird for me to see Daniel Craig host or appear in cameos on Saturday Night Live. Because he's not supposed to be, like, funny like, and lighthearted. Right. When he's yeah. funny, I go, uh Hey, this feels wrong. Um, you're out of your league, or you're out of your out of your lane. Leave the wisecracks to the rest of us, uh-huh. sir. Yes, <laughs> I need yes. you to be, you know, well, Mr. Tuxedo. Well, I think Tuxedo. there is a little bit of a Idris and and Daniel Craig. They're all British, anyways, and there's that you know kind of yeah. th- that air about them, anyway. And so, not not negative. I'm just saying that they already have that kind of class, like you said. So he would be a, really a more good one. refined yeah, type of yeah. the way they carry themselves and the rock says his grandfather peter peter mavia was a bond villain in you only live twice with sean connery so i would need to look that up and Mm -hmm. see me like oh that's the rock's grandfather he said i would like to follow in his footsteps and be the next bond i don't want to be a villain gotta be bond hey listen i don't want to ruin anyone's dream but you're dreaming yeah. You won't. That's not. He's now, doing a lot. You you just stick to what you're doing. You're doing a mm-hmm. good job at it. <laughs> Daniel Craig, not. Daniel Craig wasn't an unknown, like a complete right. unknown. But when he became Bond, he was like, that's James Bond. Yes. That's him. There, You know, I don't want to hear James Bond go, mm-hmm. if you smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand 100%. And then this made me laugh. Dionne Warwick, by the way. I don't know if Dionne Warwick runs her own Twitter but if she doesn't herself, kudos to her when her level of snark that she brings things. For someone to be of the mature level that she is, that she is on Twitter throwing snark at people, she appeared a couple of weeks ago as herself on Saturday Night Live. There's someone who does a uh, impression of Dionne Warwick. Okay. And then the real Dion Warwick came on and was interviewed by the fake Dion, and it was funny. It was a good skit. Dion Warwick yesterday tweeted that Jake Gyllenhaal should give that scarf back to Taylor Swift. That has become all the rage that Taylor's been. She, you know, she redid her album. Apparently, he has yeah. he has a scarf. She made a small movie. She doesn't. He didn't get give her her scarf back. So Dion Warwick comes on the scene to settle it and say. That doesn't belong to you. <laughs> you need to give it back. <laughs> Why is Dion Warwick involved in these things? But it, it's Why funny. Why is anybody involved in it? <laughs> that's that's true. But it seems so preposterous that yeah. this is what we're worried about. Yep. All right. We got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around. You're only in the know. It's a where there ain't no trees and that gospel group MB's point to ponder for today what meal is better as leftovers like complete meal yeah or what item you know what what food is better as leftovers I think. My homemade chicken noodle soup and chili is better the next day. Well, I was going to go with potato soup or vegetable soup. Yeah. I think most any soup. Hop and John, definitely. Chili is certainly on the list. Uh, The longer it has time to, like, those Mm -hmm. ingredients meld together. I have an unpopular. I like, you know, homemade popcorn in the kettle or in in the actual pan, mm-hmm. you know, not microwave popcorn, yep. I like it better the next day. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it a little bit stale? Almost stale. Mm-hmm. Probably See, soak some moisture up out of the yeah. air a little bit, some of the humidity mm-hmm. in the air. Yeah, I can see that. It becomes more why. dense. It becomes more dense, why, doesn't but it? Yeah. yeah. My mom would used to make a huge pot of, or a big thing of it, and it would, you know, we would need all of it, and the next day it was always better. Well, the other day when I said something about our Thanksgiving plans, I said, well, I apparently I'm not going to have to cook as much on Wednesday, and then you raise your eyebrow like, well, what am I going to eat for four days? <laughs> as in, you're, you're living on the leftovers from yeah. the one meal. So a lot of those things, yes, they are better. Eat your turkey sandwich while you're putting up your Christmas tree. That's right. A mm-hmm. lot of people will say, though, pizza. And while I love pizza for breakfast, I don't think pizza is better for breakfast or as a leftover. I think what pizza for breakfast, though, is rebellion. 
Yes. You're not <laughs> supposed to eat it for breakfast. Yes. So that makes yeah. it such an enjoyable experience to do it. Yeah. But it can't be better than when it comes in the box and you open it up and it's warm and mm-hmm. you see. Yeah, so. agree. I, I I agree with that. I don't. I can eat it for breakfast the next day, or I can even warm it up. But it is better the the when it's hot and ready. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depending on the kind of pizza. You I was going to say, isn't that someone's slogan in particular? Oh, it is. I wasn't even paying any attention. That's not what it is. <laughs> uh, no, advertising doesn't work. Uh, on CBS tonight, Survivor. Uh, Castaway is singled out for a dishonest game. Immunity and reward are on the line. Uh, I didn't know this was coming to television tonight, but I've added it to uh, the library. It's the season 17 premiere, apparently, of Hard Knocks in season with the Indianapolis Colts. I always love Hard Knocks Mm -hmm. training camp, but I didn't know they did this in season. I didn't either. Seventeen? How did I miss this for sixteen years? I don't know. And then, so I think it's. I think I will I think enjoy. The last it. one I watched was the Jets, the one where they had the Jets. Uh, I don't know. Right with Benny mm-hmm. and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Netflix. <laughs> Tiger King two is out today. What? I've not seen Tiger King one, so you I think haven't. I, I think I'm out on that. Oh, I have. You, you. I was gonna say that was all the rage during COVID. Nobody could do anything, so they watched the Tiger King. I what? even watched the Tiger King, and I don't watch TV. Well, don't He's forget. Kind of weird, like that. Don't forget yeah. until until a month ago, we didn't have electricity at our house until a month ago. <laughs> well, we didn't have real broadband until a month ago, which yeah. is the equivalent of not having electricity in the but modern standards. Much, yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it also got to be a thing. You're a rebellion. There, yeah, there's You're a thing about me, whether it's Barth Brooks or oh. Elvis or like when something gets over so big and everybody likes it yeah i get determined not to like it okay i don't know why that is that. i don't know if that just makes me ornery just against the grain or i'm like i don't understand what the big or what if you is. liked it before it was cool and then everybody starts to like it i and have then, done that that's yeah. that's exactly right yeah i've been an early adopter on things and he then i see ev- the i see everybody doing it and i go well i'm gonna go find something else to do <laughs> Oh, you all stealing the stuff Mel, I like. I watched it, so yeah, it was interesting. I'll tell you, it just didn't. I watch, crazy I'll ways. watch some weird things, I guess, but I guess weird is is subjective and relative to the person. But it just didn't look appealing to me. I don't know. I don't know why. And I'm not. I'm not a big Netflix watcher, and never have been. Mm-hmm. I'm like traditional television. Yeah, viewer. and I do that too. I, there are a few things I'll watch on Netflix, but most of the time I'm watching. You know, regular TV. Because, again, we didn't get electricity until a month ago. Today's highlight in history, this date in 1997, 62 people, most of them foreign tourists, were killed when militants opened fire at the Temple of Hashtepsut uh, in Luxor, Egypt. I got close, but I'm sure I didn't nail that one. In 1800, Congress held its first session in the partially completed U.S. Capitol building. In 1869, the Suez Canal opened in Egypt. Walt Disney's animated feature, The Little Mermaid, opened in wide release this date in 1989. Oh, wow. Uh, Whitney, are you all Disney Plus family? Mm -hmm. Have you seen Olaf Presents yet? No. Oh, Oh. my goodness. It's so good. You have to do it. When Dennis was by yesterday, we talked about it. I asked him his pick from Disney Plus Day without any prompting. He Uh said, Olaf Returns. And so I shared that... My barometer for how good something is mm-hmm. is done in Alea belly laughs. <gasps> oh, if okay. she belly laughs at something, I know that's funny. Yes. And so he goes through and about six different Disney classics, and he gives you the two-minute version like oh, he does like he does, like in, the he does in the movie. Oh, and it's so, so good. It's really we're going to have to do that tonight. We're, now, we're, I will, I'm I single will, parenting tonight, so we'll watch that tonight. I will tell you. <laughs> That your kids are going to love it so much. Be prepared. That you may get tired of it. Okay. Again. Can we watch it again? Again. Can we watch it again? Can we watch it again? Mama, to... Mama can <laughs> you turn what? that back on again? Mine are old enough they know how to work the remote That's so they can good. do it themselves. That's good. <laughs> Birthdays today. Singer Gordon Lightfoot is 83 today. Oh, Bob Gaudio. Uh, we'll talk about Gordon Lightfoot again in a minute. Bob Gaudio from The Four Seasons is 80 today. Martin Scorsese is 79. Danny DeVito is 77. Lorne Michaels is 77. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio is 63. RuPaul is 61. Rachel McAdams is 43 today. Gone But Not Forgotten, Rock Hudson in 1925. Rance Howard in 1928. So Ron and Clint Howard's dad, who was also an actor, he was born this date in 1928. 
And Tom Seaver, Baseball Hall of Famer, pitched for the Reds, was born this date in 1944, just lost him back in uh, August of 2020. So terrific Tom, born this date in 1944. Let's go to chart toppers. Go back to 1958 is where we're trying to travel to. The Kingston Trio. This next one tells the story of a Mr. Grayson, a beautiful woman, and a condemned man named... Just sing about Tom. Thank you. Hang down your head and cry. Hang down your head, Tom. Aren't you all glad you got to hear that today? Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, Made be. my day. Uh-huh. You don't like the Kingston Trio? I don't know them. Sorry. <laughs> if you joined them, they could be the Kingston Quartet, and you all could release and make some great music. Let's go to 1976. Gordon Lightfoot. Yep. He had a number one hit on his birthday uh-huh. in 1976. That good ship and was a bone to be He had a very uh, early. noticeable voice. That's true, yeah. The ship was the pride. Any song that mentions Gitchigumi. Is good in my book. <laughs> and then let's go to 19... No, let's go to 2003. Oh. Outcast number one was... Hey, uh, sh- 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 shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. And fun. Some nights number one in 2012. Whitney, thanks for coming in. Glad to be here. Good to see you, yeah. as always. And we'll see you again soon. Here's MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for abundance. Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Whitney Carmen, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.